Welcome to the special podcast series on culture and the creative economy, sponsored by Netflix. I'm Naka Kondo with Economist Impact. Often our research here focuses on economic trends that are relatively straightforward to measure, analyze, and forecast. But these trends are increasingly impacted by cultural forces. And today we're going to talk about Australia's screen industry. We've invited three industry experts. Ken Crouch, the head of industry development at Screen Australia, Carly Heaton, head of scripted at Fremantle Australia, and Ishmael Khan, director and writer, for each to address what is required to support the long-term sustainability of the sector. First, I'd like to welcome Ken Crouch, head of industry development at Screen Australia, to give us an overview of the current state of Australian screen industry and what needs to be done for the industry to continue thriving going forward. So thank you, Ken, for joining us. Could you give us an overview of the current state of the Australian screen industry? Look, there's no doubt that Australia is currently experiencing what can only be described as record levels of production activity, and that's being driven by an increase in demand for content. That demand's happening globally as well. And to give you a sense of scale of the film and TV industry in Australia, last financial year, in the 21-22 financial year, there was an unprecedented spend of $2.29 billion in Australia on producing scripted drama alone. And whilst that does include international inbound production, it does actually include $1.51 billion just on local Australian projects and titles that are actually being created in Australia. That is only scripted drama. It doesn't include all of the other types of contents that are being created here in Australia. That includes things such as reality TV, lifestyle, current affairs, news, and also outdoor broadcast as well. So all of those aren't included in those figures. So we've seen an increase upon increase, except for the COVID years, over many years now. In terms of the employment rates in our industry as well, each of those local drama productions probably employs on average between probably 50 to 150 crew. And then on international productions happening in Australia, we're probably seeing crew numbers or employees tending to be anywhere from 500 to 1,000 who are working on a project-by-project basis. We've also got animation companies and visual effects companies who are also employing anywhere up to 500 staff on a large project as well. And so because of that increase in projects, we're also seeing increased in skill shortages with Screen Producers Australia, who's a guild in Australia who represents our producers here, in a survey that they did in July of last year in 2022, they actually found that 100% of productions had actually experienced crew shortages. And those crew shortages across a whole range of different departments, especially for those mid-career and more senior roles in our industry. It's amazing to hear this. And I really hope people are aware of the huge opportunities there are in the industry. And now I'd like to welcome Carly Heaton, head of scripted at Fremantle. Thank you so much for coming on to our show, Carly. My pleasure. We've been discussing in our episode so far about the future of Australia's production ecosystem. And in particular, how do we maintain the sustainability of the industry, especially in relation to capacity building, which I understand is becoming a huge issue. 
If you're able to explain from your background and as a creative director, what do you see happening on the ground? Yes, yeah, so as a, a producer on the ground and working on shows, particularly in the past two to three years, we've seen, and I'm, I'm sure there are multiple causes for this, there was a big surge in production post-COVID, obviously when a lot of shows couldn't be shot and all of a sudden everything could, and then there has been an influx of US production shooting here, which is fantastic and gives our crews an amazing opportunity. But what this meant is the pool of highly skilled workers is spread more thinly across a whole suite of shows, and I don't think this is unique to the film industry. I think there's skill shortages across all industries at the moment, to the point where on some productions we were even hiring theatre workers to take up the slack, so people who had never done TV before who have a similar skill set. There's a lot of emerging talent coming through the industry, and it's very challenging in how fast-paced we are to give them the appropriate skill sets they need to get up to scratch really quickly and deliver on really big-budget productions. So have you run into actual issues due to the skills shortages yourself? Yes, definitely. And as I noted before there, like we get to the point where we're either having to delay production until we can get up an appropriate crew or hire people from outside the industry that have similar skill sets. But then it's how do you get them up to scratch quickly enough in order to be able to do the job appropriately and, you know, have a good time at it because ultimately we want to keep these people within the industry. And the only way you do that is by enticing them and giving them a good time and getting them to enjoy the work, which is a difficult task when you've got to throw them in the deep end, really, and get them to work straight away. And there isn't as much capacity on the job because they're quite short run. You know, a shoot will go anywhere from eight weeks to 13 or 20 weeks and you're thrown in and then you're out again. You've got to get a different job, different company, and everyone has slightly different processes. So unlike a full-time gig where you get training over a very extended period of time, there's sort of not that opportunity within the film or the screen industry. What would you say are some of the critical shortages that you're seeing? So there are particular areas that we do have a very noticeable skill shortage. Production management, so the production team, which is doing all the back end of a show and organizing it and getting it up and running, right from junior levels through to line producers, which are the sort of the most senior role in that position, and that's budget management and large team management, through to the production accounting team particularly. We don't have uh, any production accountants but we don't have enough production accountants. We obviously have some great ones. But we need more coming up through that. And then the team below them, location managers, really short on. And a lot of the assistant roles coming through were really short on as well. So from your perspective, what do you think needs to happen to address these issues? What needs to occur is a combination of giving someone the ability to come onto a production but as an additional hand and go through a process where they get to learn, but there's also someone else in that role doing that job. So all that pressure isn't on them. And that's the area of who's going to pay for that because there's obviously an additional head in a production and production budgets are quite tight. That's a whole other head count. And who provides that training when the rest of the machine is really well oiled? So there is a couple of the rubs we come up against and it's finding the right industry partners and creative partners to try and overcome those challenges, I think. Who would you work with or who do you work with to make these things happen? So with Fremantle, who I work for as a head of scripted, we've engaged in multiple different programs with a few different partners. So we've had the wonderful hit series Heartbreak High go out on Netflix and they've been amazing in their attachments program. So they provide for anywhere from sort of five to ten long-term attachments. So traditionally attachments would only be for a portion of the production. 
but they provide an attachment for the whole duration, so right from the beginning of pre-production through to the end of shoot. So someone can be employed for up to 26 weeks then. And as an attachment, they're sitting within a team, so they might be sitting within the accountancy team or within the locations team, but they're an extra hand. And they're getting a great skill set and training while at the same time helping out the team and providing additional sort of hands, but with not that pressure of being responsible for a full gig. A similar program was run with the help of Film Victoria. I think they're called Screen Victoria now on Neighbours. And it was a massive program. And it's a similar sort of scenario where they go in there and they're trained and they go through to a full-time job. Then we worked with TAFE New South Wales and providing particular training and particular skill sets. So they've listened to industry feedback from a whole group of producers and are doing very specific short courses that will help train people who are bookkeepers or have worked in accounting elsewhere on what production accounting actually is. So it's nice to have these courses that aren't taking too long that are very specific to the film industry and how we can then get people who are from outside the industry to transfer over to the film industry. And, of course, we work with our um, wonderful schools, NIDA and the Australian Film and Television School as well, about attachments and getting more people in the creative fields there coming out of their degrees in costume or production design into productions for their final year assessments or sign-offs. Thank you so much for your insights, Carly. I'd now like to introduce Izzy Khan. Thank you so much for joining us. As a writer and director, what got you into the industry? The thing that really got me started in the industry was my curiosity on what it would mean to be a filmmaker, to live a life that revolved around collaborating with with other artists uh, to bring stories to life through film and working on different projects. Then also sort of this intersection of, of art, science, culture and business as well was something that just sort of really sort of sparked my curiosity and felt that it would be something that would always be there. What has been your experience living through the boom in the Australian screen industry? I think maybe in the last 10 years, the major thing that's changed has been the increase in streamers setting up shop here in Australia or even just close by in Singapore. And so I think there's just been a lot of greenfield investment coming into the sector and that amount of investment, I guess the industry isn't quite matched in terms of the number of people that can sort of feed that kind of investment, whether it's people that work in crew or people that create content as as writers, directors or producers. It's kind of good because there's more opportunities potentially for work, whether you are working on set or not. I think from my experience of doing a little bit of work on exploring that side of the industry and the implications, there's this sort of issue of people having to step up into roles that maybe they're not ready to do. And so there's all this investment in terms of content and seeking new content, but it's sort of not being fed by the talent side. What are some of the things that's been done to address this issue? I think screen agencies have always done stuff to help build talent and capacity, but I think that that's been ramped up even more now. I think maybe traditionally it was always like in the sort of production budget of of a film project or a television project you have, it's kind of broken up into two sections. You have above the line, which is writers, producers, directors, and sort of principal actors. And then you have below the line budget items, which are sort of all of the other crew, which are like cinematographers, production managers, sound people, editors. So there's been a lot of investment in idea generation and making sure that people who have historically marginalised 
voices are more centered. And so there's been an investment in sort of creative talent development to sort of try to bring those stories to the foreground. But since there's been such an increase in the investment here, I think those below the line programs have now started to come up as well. So capacity building across the board from art department people to costume department people, you know, hair and makeup. These are all kind of really important creative disciplines that feed into like ultimately what ends up on screen and how we tell stories. And and those things have perhaps been historically overlooked because it's all about idea generation and writers and directors and developing those careers. But now with this mismatch of investment and talent, it's good to have all these great ideas, but where are all those other really important people going to come from that actually are the ones that are on the ground making sure that visions are brought to life? I think it's important that we have continued investment in those below-the-line roles and that we can support talent development in those areas because that's ultimately going to kind of push the balance to more towards a sort of an equilibrium between the demand for content and then the capacity of talent to deliver that content to a standard that's sort of a competitive marketplace. Have you been through a capacity building program yourself? What has been the experience? Yeah, I mean, it's helped a lot. And I've done less than a handful of capacity building programs and they've all kind of been imperative in progressing my career, whether it's the creative aspects in terms of being a writer and a director and the craft of those aspects of being a filmmaker and what it involves and all that, or the network side of stuff. Going back to when I finished my arts degree, the first sort of capacity building program was at a screen agency in the development department where I got to shadow like a really experienced development executive and learn about the process of story development and then a little bit also about the process of production. But then during the process of doing that, I got to meet a whole bunch of people that are an important part of the sector and build relationships with those people. And then going to film school, which was more of that sort of creative aspect development of being thrown in the deep end with actors and learning how to communicate with actors and collaborate with actors, but also like collaborate with other artistic disciplines to bring a story to life or bring an idea to life, whether they be sound designers or cinematographers or production designers or other screenwriters as well. Actually putting that stuff or seeing that stuff in practice by being attached to like a really experienced director and then watching the way that person works and deals with the challenges in the real world of working in tight timelines to deliver challenging scenes and the interplay between performance and coverage and, and how an experienced director goes about planning for each day to make sure that they get the most out of each day. And then taking that experience as a director's attachment and then applying it as a second unit director and planning for maybe just one or two days here and being able to learn on a smaller scale and apply what I'd kind of observed on a smaller scale are all kind of things that have led to sort of me then being confident enough to direct my own of an adult drama. So, yeah, I mean, they've been imperative. But as I said, it's that interplay of developing your kind of creative faculties and your collaborative faculties, but then also having the network to make stuff happen as well. Now I want to come back to you, Ken. You also mentioned skills shortages across the board. What are some of the things Screen Australia are doing to address this issue? To address this issue, Screen Australia in February of 2023 created 
the unit that I head up, which is the industry development unit. And our role is to work with a broad range of stakeholders right across the sector, right across film and TV, and also in games development, animation, right across everywhere that's in our workforce, to come up with a strategic approach to capacity building and skills development for our Australian screen sector. Because I suppose our crews in Australia are predominantly freelance workers. They're working project to project. And due to this, their professional development has been mainly left up to them to look after themselves. And so we've come up with two key programs. The first one, which is based on a very similar model of stuff that we've seen in the UK and also in other areas, is a fund that actually is called BTL Next Step, BTL standing for Below the Line, which refers to our crew. And what it is, is a credit springboard or a credit accelerator program that supports our mid-career crew to step up into senior roles or leadership roles that we've identified as experiencing critical shortages. The other fund is called the Skills Development Fund, and that fund is very much focused on supporting production companies, games development studios, and also other screen businesses to provide skills development through structured work-based learning. And what they do is they come to us, explain what the actual gaps are and how they'd like to address them. And since establishing those funds from March of 2023, we've actually already invested a total of $2.85 million into industry development projects that's going to be supporting the training and also the skills development of over 400 crew and practitioners in our screen industry. We're seeing leadership and management training being rolled out right across the country. And we're looking at also investigating and exploring things such as job sharing and how job sharing could actually be rolled out within different roles right across our sector. That sounds really exciting. What do you foresee as some of the things that still need to be addressed and be done to ensure the sustainability of the screen industry in Australia? I think we are focusing on things such as supporting the inclusion of people from diverse backgrounds. For example, in October, we are running our first special initiative, which is a training program for access coordinators. Access coordinators is a really important role that actually help productions and productions team to increase meaningful inclusion for deaf, disabled and neurodivergent talent and also crew. We're also currently working on increasing the number of First Nations crew in our film and television sector and also some other initiatives that will focus on employment outcomes, always focused on the three principles of what career advancement needs within our sector and that's namely being a sense of formal training or structured training The second being mentorship or that actually provides a genuine support for career progression and professional development. And the third element being that on-the-job experience in one of those roles that ultimately comes out with an outcome such as a credit that really can be demonstrated that level of skill has actually been escalated along that career path. Thank you so much for giving us that overview, Ken. Carly, I want to come back to you. How do you think we can get more people to join the industry in the first place? I think it's always been an industry that people are intrigued by, but I do think there's barriers to entry. 
socioeconomic barriers and class barriers where people don't think that they can make a living from the industry? And what is the pathway to get there? So I think it's providing clear pathways for kids at high school to go, hey, look, there is every job on a production ranging from a carpenter through to the director, and there are so many different pathways to get there. And I think there's not a clarity of how we actually support people in their roles to know that they can make a full-time living and a very good one by coming into the screen industry and how what are those courses that are get, we're going to get them there. Change perceptions about it being a valid career path and then provide the way through. And I think with all of our industry partners, we're getting there. But that perception thing is the biggest problem, I think. We need to get out in high schools and tell the kids. Thank you so much. I think that will be very useful for people considering a career in the industry to hear that from you. So that brings us to the end of our episode. My thanks to Ken Crouch, Head of Industry Development Screen Australia, Carly Heaton, Head of Scripted at Fremantle Australia, and Ishmael Khan, Director and Writer, all for joining us today. And thank you for listening. For more episodes on the Culture and the Creative Economy series supported by Netflix, please visit impact.economist.com perspectives. You can also find the link in the show notes. I hope to see you again next time.